0: Welcome, everyone, to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Wayne Ruffin. And I pray all is well with everyone. And your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion all your brothers and sisters in spirit and when those higher qualities emanate from deep within the heart of our mighty i am presence the spirit of the living god within us and not superficially from our egos they radiate divine loving light throughout all the atmosphere emitting the alchemical power of our loving energy that raises the vibration of the collective consciousness and Mother Earth and which is the God-given power within all of us that is necessary for transforming ourselves and the world. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life. And y'all be loved.
1: Unutterable depths were two great lights, the first man, or father, and his son, the second man, and also, the Holy Spirit, the first woman, or mother of all living. Below this triad was a sluggish mass composed of the four great elements, called water, darkness, abyss, and chaos. The universal mother brooded over the waters, enamored of her beauty, the first and second man produced from her the third great light, the Christ, and he, ascending above, formed with the first and second man the Holy Church this was the right hand birth of the great mother but a drop of light fell downwards to the left hand into chaotic matter this was called sophia or wisdom the world mother the waters of the ether were thus set in motion and formed a body for sophia the light eon viz., the heaven sphere and she freeing herself left her body behind and ascended to the middle region below her mother the universal mother who formed the boundary of the ideal universe By her mere contact with the space water she had already generated a sun, the chief creative power of the sensible world, who retained some of the light fluid. This sun was Ialdabaoth, said by some to mean the child of chaos, who in his turn produced a sun, and he another, until there were seven in all, the great formative powers of the sensible universe. And they were fighters, and quarrelled much with their fathers. And by means of this interplay of forces on matter came forth the mind, which was serpent formed, and spirit, and soul, and all things in the world. And Ialdabaoth was boastful and arrogant, and exclaimed, I am Father and God, and beyond me is Yahweh Ialdabaoth, none other. But Sophia hearing this cried out to her son, Lie not, Ialdabaoth, for above thee is the father of all, the first man, and man the son of man. And all the powers were astonished at the word, but Ialdabaoth, to call off their attention, cried out, Let us make man after our image. So they made man, and he lay like a worn on the ground, until they brought him to Ialdabaoth, who breathed into him the breath of life, that is to say the light fluid he had received from Sophia, and so emptied himself of his light. And man receiving it, immediately gave thanks to the first man and disregarded his fabricators, the Elohim. Whereupon Ialdabaoth, Yahweh, was jealous and planned to deprive Adam of the light spark by forming woman. And the six creative powers were enamored of Eve, and by her generated sons, namely, the angels. And so, Adam again fell under the power of Ialdabaoth and the Elohim. Then Sophia or Wisdom sent the serpent, mind, into the paradise of Ialdabaoth, and Adam and Eve listened to its wise counsels, and so once more man was free from the dominion of the creative power, and transgressed the ordinance of ignorance of any power higher than himself imposed by Ialdabaoth. Whereupon Ialdabaoth drove them out of his paradise, and together with them the serpent or mind, but Sophia would not permit the light spark to descend, and so withdrew it to avoid profanation. And mind, the lower mind, the serpent formed, the first product of Ialdabaoth, brought forth six sons, and these are the demonial powers, which plague men because their father was cast down for their sake. Now Adam and Eve before the fall had spiritual bodies, like the angels born of this Eve, But after their fall, down from the paradise of Ialdabaoth, their bodies grew more and more dense, and more and more languid, and became coats of skin, till finally Sophia in compassion restored to them the sweet odor of the light, and they knew that they carried death about with them. And so a recollection of their former state came back to them, and they were patient, knowing that the body was put on only for a time. The system then goes on to grapple with the legends of Genesis touching Cain and Noah, etc., and the Old Testament record generally, with moderate success, the main idea being that the prophets were inspired by one or other of the seven Elohim, but occasionally Sophia had succeeded in impressing them with fragmentary revelations about the first man and the Christ above. The rest of the system is devoted to the question of the scheme of regeneration and the interpretation of the mystery myths. Sophia, or wisdom, finding no rest in heaven or earth, implored the help of the Great Mother, and she in compassion begged of the first man that the Christ should be sent to help her. And then Wisdom, knowing that her brother and spouse was coming to her aid, announced his coming by John, and by means of the baptism of repentance, Jesus was made ready to receive him, as in a clean vessel. And so the Christ descended through the seven spheres, likening himself unto the rulers, and draining them of their power, the light they had retained all flowing back to him. And first of all, the Christ clothed his sister Sophia with the light vesture, and they rejoiced together, and this is the mystical marriage of the bridegroom and the bride. Now Jesus, having been born of a virgin by the working of God, in other words, after the spiritual second birth had been attained by the ascetic Jesus, Christ and Sophia, the one enfolding the other, descended upon him and he became Jesus Christ. Then it was, that he began to do mighty works, to heal, and to proclaim the unknown father, and profess himself openly the son of the first man. Whereupon the powers and especially Ialdabaoth took measures to slay him, and so Jesus, the man, was crucified by them, but Christ and Sophia mounted aloft to the incorruptible Eon. But Christ did not forget the one in whom he had tabernacled, and so sent a power which raised up his body, not indeed his gross physical envelope, but a psychic and spiritual body. And those of his disciples who saw this body, thought he was risen in his physical frame, but to certain of them who were capable of receiving it. He explained the mystery, and taught them many other mysteries of the spiritual life. And Jesus now sits at the right hand of his father, Ialdabaoth, and receives the souls who have received these mysteries. And in proportion as he enriches himself with souls, in such measure is Ialdabaoth deprived of power, so that he is no longer able to send back holy souls into the world of reincarnation, ...but only those of his own substance, and the consummation of all things will be when all the light shall once more be gathered up and stored in the treasures of the incorruptible aeon. Such is the account of this by no means absurd scheme of the gnosis preserved to us in the barbarous Latin translation of Irenaeus summary. That the original system was far more elaborate we may assume from the now known method of Irenaeus to make a very brief summary of the tenets he criticized... The main features of the Christological and soteriological part of the system is identical with the main outlines of the system of the Pistis Sophia, and of one of the treatises of the Codex Prussianus. This is a very important point, and indicates that the dates of these treatises need not necessarily be later than the time of the Bishop of Lyons, but the consideration of this important subject must be reserved for the sequel. Interesting again is it to remark the influence of the Orphic, Pythagorean, Platonic, and Hermetic tradition in the cosmological part, and to observe how both the Hellenic and Jewish myths find a common element in the Chaldean tradition. Fragments of a Faith Forgotten, by G.R.S. Mead, 1900.
0: Isis Unveiled, Volume 2 Chapter 5
1: The Gnostics, as well as the Nazarenes, allegorizing on the personification, said that the first and second man loved the beauty of Sophia, Sephirah, the first woman, and thus the Father and the Son fecundated the heavenly woman, and from primal darkness procreated the visible light. Sephirah is the invisible, or spiritual light, whom they call the anointed Christum, or King Messiah. This Christus is the Adam of dust before his fall, with the spirit of the Adonai, his father, and Shekinah Adonai, his mother, upon him, for Adam primus is Adon, Adonai, Adonis. The primal existence manifests itself by its wisdom, and produces the intelligible Logos, all visible creation. This wisdom was venerated by the Ephites under the form of a serpent. So far, we see that the first and second life are the two Adams, or the first and the second man. In the former lies Eva, or the yet unborn spiritual Eve, and she is within Adam Primus, for she is a part of himself, who is androgyne. The Eva of dust, she who will be called in Genesis the mother of all that live, is within Adam II. And now, from the moment of its first manifestation, the Lord Mano, the unintelligible wisdom, disappears from the scene of action. It will manifest itself only as Shekinah, the grace for the Corona is the innermost light of all lights, and hence it is darkness own substance. In the Kabbalah, Shekinah is the ninth emanation of Sephirah, which contains the whole of the 10 Sephiroth within herself. She belongs to the third triad and is produced together with Malkuth or kingdom, of which she is the female counterpart. Otherwise, she is held to be higher than any of these, for she is the divine glory, the veil or garment of Ensof. The Jews, whenever she is mentioned in the Targum, say that she is the glory of Jehovah, which dwelt in the tabernacle, manifesting herself like a visible cloud, the glory rested over the mercy seat in the sanctum sanctorum. In the Nazarene or Berdianian system, which may be termed the Kabbalah within the Kabbalah, the ancient of days, Antiquus Altus, who is the father of the demiurgus of the universe, is called the third life, or Abater, and he is the father of Fetahil who is the architect of the visible universe, which he calls into the existence by the powers of his genii at the order of the greatest, the abater answering to the father of Jesus in the later Christian theology. These two superior lives, then, are the crown within which dwells the greatest Ferho. Before any creature came into existence, the Lord Ferho existed. This one is the first life, formless and invisible, in whom the living spirit of life exists, the highest grace. The two are one from eternity, for they are the light and the cause of the light. Therefore, they answer to the Kabbalistic concealed wisdom, and to the concealed Shekinah, the Holy Ghost. This light, which is manifested, is the garment of the heavenly concealed, says Idrisuda. And the heavenly man is the superior Adam. No one knows his paths except Macroprosopus, Long Face, the superior act of God. Not as I am written will I be read, in this world my name will be written Jehovah and Rita Adonai, say the rabbins, very correctly. Adonai is the Adam Codman, he is father and mother both. By this double mediatorship the spirit of the ancient of the ancient descends upon the micro short face, or the Adam of Eden. And the Lord God breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. When the woman separates herself from her androgyne, and becomes a distinct individuality, The first story is repeated over again. Both the father and son, the two atoms, love her beauty, and then follows the allegory of the temptation and the fall. It is in the Kapila, as in the aphite system, in which both the office and the aphiomorphos are emanations emblematized as serpents, the former representing eternity, wisdom, and spirit, as in the Chaldean magism of aspic worship and wisdom doctrine in the oldest times, and the latter cunning, envy, and matter. Both spirit and matter are serpents, and Adam Codman becomes the office who tempts himself, man and woman, to taste of the tree of good and evil, in order to teach them the mysteries of spiritual wisdom. Light tempts darkness and darkness attracts light, for darkness is matter, and the highest light shines not in its tenebrae. With knowledge comes the temptation of the epiomorphos, and he prevails. The dualism of a pre existing religion is shown forth by the fall. I have gotten a man from the Lord, exclaims Eve, when the dualism Cain and Abel, evil and good, is born. And Adam knew Hua, his woman, a stew, and she became pregnant and bore kin, and she said, he sha a i s Yava, I have gained or obtained a husband, even Yava is a i s man. Kumar Bore Bacati Deus created seculum. H.P. Blavatsky. will compare this system with that of the Jewish Gnostics, the Nazarenes, as well as with other philosophies. The Yishamon, the Pleroma, or the boundless circle within which lie all forms, is the thought of the power divine, it works in silence, and suddenly is begotten by darkness, it is called the second life, and this one produces, or generates the third. This third light is the father of all things that live, as Yua is the mother of all that live. He is the creator who calls inert matter into life through his vivifying spirit and therefore is called the ancient of the world. Abadr is the father who creates the first Adam who creates in his turn the second. Abadr opens a gate and walks to the dark water, chaos, and looking down into it, the darkness reflects the image of himself and lo, a son is formed, the logos or demiurge, Fetahil, who is the builder of the material world, is called into existence. According to the Gnostic dogma, This was the Metatron, the Archangel Gabriel, or Messenger of Life, or, as the Biblical allegory has it, the androgynous Adam Codman again, the son who, with his father's spirit, produces the anointed, or Adam before his fall. When Swayam the Lord who exists through himself, feels impelled to manifest himself, He is thus described in the Hindu sacred books, having been impelled to produce various beings from his own divine substance, he first manifested the waters which developed within themselves a productive seed. The sea became a germ bright as gold, blazing like the luminary with a thousand beams, and in that egg he was born himself, in the form of Brahma, the great principle of all the beings. Manu, Book 1, Shlokas 8, 9. The Egyptian kenef, or chnufas, divine wisdom, represented by a serpent, produces an egg from his mouth, from which issues Tha. In this case Tha represents the universal germ, as well as Brahma, who is of the neuter gender, when the final A has a diuresis on it, otherwise, it becomes simply one of the names of the deity. The former was the model of the three lives of the Nazarenes, as that of the Kabbalistic faces, Fairshva, which, in its turn, furnished the model for the Christian Trinity of Irenaeus and his followers. The egg was the primitive matter which served as a material for the building of the visible universe. It contained, as well as the Gnostic Pleroma, the Kabbalistic Shekinah, the man and wife, the spirit and life, whose light includes all other lights or life spirits. The first manifestation was symbolized by a serpent, which is at first divine wisdom, but, falling into generation, becomes polluted. So is the heavenly man, the Egyptian Adam Kodman or Christ, who, in conjunction with the female Holy Ghost, the Zoe, produces the five elements, air, water, fire, earth, and ether, the latter being a servile copy from the Buddhist Id, and his five Dhyana Buddhas, as we have shown in the preceding chapter. The Hindu Swayamhuva Nara, develops from himself the mother principle, enclosed within his own divine essence, Nari, the immortal virgin, who, when impregnated by his spirit, Becomes Tanmatra, the mother of the five elements, air, water, fire, earth, and ether. Thus may be shown how from the Hindu cosmogony all others proceed. H.P. Blavatsky The
0: I Am Discourses, Volume 16
1: Beloved of my heart, tonight let us enter into the use of all activities of the sacred fire from the heart of creation, the heart flame of the great central sun, the heart of the great great silence, whatever is required in this world to put an end to mankind's discord, and as quickly as possible. I trust as we offer to you again the assistance from the angelic host, you will try to understand what tremendous effort life goes to, what tremendous effort the cosmic law is releasing into the physical atmosphere of earth at this time. For the angels of the sacred fire, and the cosmic beings, who directed to this whole system, are concentrating upon this earth. And I plead with you as you value your lives, please don't let one breath of discord exist between you. Please. Because the safety of your nation is at stake. Therefore tonight, I offer the angelic host escort to those under this radiation who will accept what I say and give obedience by which the cosmic law can help us to blaze through you what purifies the nation to the place of safety. And I trust we shall make our presence very tangible and very powerful and unmistakably here, if you will give us this assistance. Applause, audience rising. Thank you so much. Won't you be seated, please, and just remain so. Now tonight I am tipping you off, as they say, because I am going to ask you to make the call for the visible, tangible presence of the angelic host and the cosmic beings, sacred fire presence in the lower atmosphere of Earth anywhere and everywhere within this nation that is necessary to hold it protected, and is necessary to hold a certain amount of purity invincibly in control of what is within your borders. The mass of people are filled with fear and doubt, all of which is blackness. Discord is blackness. And so tonight as we offer you the visible, tangible presence of the activities of the sacred fire from the great, great silence, the angelic host and the cosmic beings visible, tangible presence and activities, Manifestations of the sacred fire from the great great silence, all of which are needed to produce enough purity within your borders to fire the people awake. Because one of the easiest ways that we have to awaken mankind is to shock the people awake by manifestations of the divine being's direction of the sacred fire. And it can come in infinite ways to awaken every human being within your borders, So, if you care to join us in the awakening of all that lives within your borders, to the acceptance and the visible, tangible presence of the sacred fire control of conditions within your land, it will offset and prevent the riots, the violence, the desecration, and that which the hordes of evil intend to impose, for nothing on earth except destruction. Beloved Archangel Michael,